0: Super excited to have this partner back on the podcast. Longtime listeners of this podcast are familiar with them. Uh, But if you're new, make sure to check out Inwego. Inwego is the monthly membership for doing everything, literally everything in Denver, your one-stop shop for all types of events around Denver. Uh, Right now, you can use code DNVR to try Inwego free for a month. That's a $45 value. Make sure to tweet at us when you're at these events and, and we'll promote it because we'll be going to a lot too. Right now, you guys can get entry into so many events from Nuggets Games, Avs Games, the Mile High Beer Fest coming up uh, later on, I think in uh, later this March. Stranahan's Whiskey Distillery Tour. You can go see Third Eye Blind with In We Go. Dope. It's pretty much like Class Pass or like Netflix for going to events around Denver. So remember... Use code DNVR to try Inwego free for a month. That is a $45 value. Also, it's really easy to cancel if you think Inwego isn't for you. No fees or anything. Make sure to check them out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Uh, 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 uh. I didn't know if we were going to get a great air horn tonight.
1: I mustered <laughs> up all of the positivity I had. That oh, was it. man, I appreciate it.
0: Harrison Wynn and Brendan vote here still at Pepsi Center. Tough one for the Nuggets tonight. <laughs> they fall to the Santa Cruz Warriors. Oh, sorry. The Golden State Warriors, 116 to 100. Uh, Golden State pretty much fielding a G League team, and Denver just not coming to play at all tonight. Arguably the worst loss of the season. Uh, I can't make a determination right now if it
1: is. Might be, uh, but a really tough night all around. So, the last time the Warriors were in Pepsi Center, it was January 15th, 2019. The team looked a little different. It was mm-hmm. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. Took them one quarter to run the Nuggets out of the building. Very different team a year later, almost a similar result, almost as embarrassing. Like, it's hard to say which one's worse. At least that other team should have beaten you. I tweeted this before the game, kind of this afternoon,
0: but there was not one single player from that game. And of course, that was a game where the Warriors put an NBA record 51 points on the Nuggets in the first quarter. But there's not one player who played in that game that was active tonight.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Curry, obviously not active. Draymond Green, Kevon Looney did not play. Those were the only other options.
1: This was pretty much, like I said, a G League team the Warriors put out. A team with designs on a number one overall pick run. Yeah. the Stretch of the season. And Denver loses by by 13, but it, or 16. And it feels like more, given that they were up 15 just in the third quarter. You know, it's, it's almost like that final score doesn't do it justice. What a letdown it was. Yeah. So,
0: how this game kind of went, I mean, this one was somewhat predictable. Denver has played down to their competition at times all year. I foolishly thought the Nuggets had kicked this habit. Uh, their last really bad loss at home before this one uh, was going back to January January 11th versus Cleveland. So foolish me. I thought they had kicked this habit, but <laughs> obviously not. Uh, the Warriors outscored Denver by one point in the first quarter. And then Denver took control of this game, outscoring Golden State 33-23 in the second. And you thought, okay – Just one third quarter run, this game is over. That's all Denver needed. They They needed one third quarter run.
1: They put the clamps down defensively, right? In the the final five minutes of that second quarter, it looked like, okay, yeah, they want this one. They're ready. And like you said, went up 10 going into the the second half. With the starters coming back out, all the momentum, you thought play hard for four or five minutes and it's over. Mm -hmm. But just you should take a look at the lead tracker on NBA.com. It's like a seesaw. Watch that thing slide and, and go all the way back up in the Warriors' direction in the fourth. Just a brutal second half.
0: So just straight up, we know how bad this Warriors team is. It's uh, March 3rd. There's 20-something games left in the season. I'm not good at math at uh, 10.30 at night. How concerning is this loss in the grand scheme of things to you?
1: It's What's concerning about this loss was already concerning prior to the game. Right? The Nuggets' inability to take and make outside shots, their inability to penetrate. This is the how many teams have gone zone against Denver lately? Seems like a lot. A lot because they can't drive the zone or shoot the zone, right? So those macro scale concerns are there. I mean, every loss is a loss at this point in the season. It matters if you want that two seed. Uh, but like it's also, you got to take a deep breath and say, what does this mean? Are the Nuggets a terrible team? Are the Nuggets a lottery team? Of course not. It's an outlier game, but. Part of what comprised this result are some dynamics that are troublesome as you project what their playoff run might look like. So,
0: th- th- like you said, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, this loss is concerning for sure. Um, but I'm more worried about the process instead of right. the result here. Agreed, agreed. These losses do happen. They happen to the good teams in the league. They happen to the mediocre teams in the league. These losses, especially in March... Um, they happen. So the Clippers have lost to, like, the Kings. Uh, they've lost to the Hawks. This is just, like, since December.
1: The Rockets were the hottest team in the league. They just lost to the Knicks the other night. Yeah, uh, the Clippers have actually lost to the Kings
0: twice here since, let me see, since January 30th, the Clippers have lost to the Kings twice. Uh, the Lakers have had some really bad losses. Um, these losses happen, uh, but it just does sting because – a, this team seems like it's been in a little bit of a funk right. since the All Star break. Bottom two defense in the last six games since the All Star break—that uh, is very concerning. The turnovers right now are kind of out of control for this team. Yep. It's killed them, in. it's a big part, um, especially since the break. And um, also the three point shooting. And you guys know how much I've been harping on the three point shooting throughout the season. I think it's a real problem, and it showed itself tonight. And I think you're on to something saying that teams are going zone. Uh, because the way you beat a zone is you is you shoot threes. Denver has not been able to hit those threes.
1: Yeah, so they only took 20 tonight to Golden State's 41. They only hit three after the game. I think TJ McBride asked Malone if 20 was too few, and he said, no, I thought it was too many, given the way we were shooting, but kind of disagree. I mean, it's a math game. Golden State took 41 threes, and at a certain point, a lot of Denver's threes were coming because they were down 12, 13 points, so... Twenty threes is is too few. Three makes is obviously terrible. And the thing is, if it's, okay, you look at the twenty and you go, well, did they dominate in the paint at least? But they they do not penetrate defenses consistently. And like that would have been okay. No one's hitting threes. Can Jamal Murray beat someone? You know, drive into the middle of the zone and create some openings. Can Gary Harris Will Barton do that? The answer was no. So they didn't do either thing that was required to beat a zone. Yeah, don't go look at the Minnesota Timberwolves box score tonight. Oh, man. Just just tell me, actually. Denver many...
0: shot 3 of 20 from 3 as a team. Malik Beasley shot 4 of 5 from 3. Wancho and Hernan Gomez shot 2 of 5 from 3. you and Malik combined for twice as many threes as Denver made tonight. Did that they stings. win? Did they win? They did. 139-134 over the Zion Williamson-led New Orleans Pelicans, Zion had 25 and 8, Drew Holiday had 27, 10 and 12. Minnesota still gets the win. That one stinks. What did
1: you say Beasley was from 3? 4 or 5. 4 or 5. Do you want to take a guess at what Gary Harris was tonight from 3? Um 0 for 0. 0 for 0 Harrison. 0 for 0. Didn't even attempt one. Will Barton was 1 for 9 by the way, so. Jamal Murray was 0
0: for 6. Yeah, this was a tough loss. No way to slice it. And I'll have to go back and look at the tape for sure. But something that I think I saw tonight from the Warriors, they switched on defense a lot. And, I mean, obviously in the zone, like, you're not switching on defense. But it's kind of like the same idea. This is also what the Lakers did that really frustrated and really bogged down Denver's offense, particularly in overtime going back to that loss several weeks ago. But when you switch a lot against the Nuggets, uh, and especially zone defenses, kind of take the DHO out of consideration. Yep, just doesn't work the same. Right against a switching defense, and against if, a zone defense. If
1: you're a coach and I say you've got Denver tomorrow night, what's what's the number one thing you're you're like? Okay, what do we take away? The DHO, right? Yeah. It's it's like pretty much all they do. Yeah. So.
0: And and I've been saying this on this podcast for a while, and I said it earlier this week, but the Nuggets are a very easy team to game plan for. And that is my biggest concern going into the playoffs. The three-point shooting kind of
1: leads into that. I don't think that they'll fall short in the playoffs because they lost to Golden State. But one of the reasons they lost to Golden State was because they were too timid and unable to shoot their way out of that defensive scheme. And that will happen in the playoffs. Maybe not zones, but guys are going to have to take and make open threes. And right now, my confidence level is pretty low.
0: Yeah, so a a tough one for the Nuggets tonight. 116 to 100. They fall to the Golden State Warriors. Let's talk about some beer. Let's talk about the Mm. Avalanche Ale from Breck Brewing. The old reliable, I, I, I like to call it. It's like The Avalanche is the first beer I really think of when I think of Breck Brewing, but if you're looking for where to find it, check out the Breck Brew beer locator on Breckbrew.com. I'm gonna
1: find out how I can get some on my way home tonight. It is a it's a drinking kind of night.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, is it?
1: I gotta write these player grades. It's gonna be very sad. Yeah, make sure to check out the
0: Avalanche from Breck Brew. Check out all the beers. Still waiting to try that
1: raspberry nitro porter. Oh, I gotta get my hands on that. Because I trust Breck Brew with the fruit now. After that Strawberry Sky experience.
0: Right. Make sure to check out the Avalanche from Breck Brew. Also, we're now covering Colorado's professional rugby team, the Colorado Raptors. Colton Strickler is taking you inside the locker room with DNVR Raptors, the DNVR Raptors podcast, and tons of written content as well. You attended
1: a Colorado Raptors game a few weeks back, right? I did. I had a great time, and I believe they just got their first win this weekend. So, Raptors on the rise. I do strongly recommend a Raptors match experience. It's really accessible. The seats are great. The crowds are really nice. Infinity Park is gorgeous, and they sell 16-ounce White Claws, so that's cool. Hmm. So That's yeah. always a bonus. Yeah, get yourself to a Raptors game. Match, excuse me.
0: All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We'll get to questions, of course, in a little bit, but, um, I mean, not many guys had great nights tonight for Denver, Nikola Jokic finished with 16, 13, and 7, five turnovers for Jokic as well. Um, he missed a lot of bunnies around the rim, especially early. Probably should have had, like, 25 points in this game. But And that was kind of, for me, the first sign of, all right, this is going to be a tough game. Like, when Jokic was missing a bunch of those yep. in the
1: first quarter around the rim, you're like, all right, here we go. Absolutely. Yep. I, mean, I think he missed his first three or four shots, and... He ultimately had a a decent night from the field, but only, I think, 14, 15 shots, only 16 points. So, yeah, that was sign number one, and how many times has it come down to, like, Jokic doesn't have it, who who else does? And the answer is no one, another one of those nights. I gotta
0: say, the vibe in the locker room after this game, like, it was rough, but I don't think Denver looked at this loss as some referendum on their entire season because it just wasn't. Like I was saying earlier, these losses happen to good teams. Yes, the Nuggets have had a lot of them. I believe this was their 11th loss to a below 500 team this year. Um, but I don't think this you know team is panicking by any means. I don't think they're overly concerned. Yes, they've been in a little bit of a funk since the All-Star break, but I don't think you should, and I don't think they're taking this loss as like something to like totally
1: change up everything they're doing because of. No, but their approach will be f- sort of interesting to reexamine after the playoffs. Because in hindsight, will we talk about this as a team that was just waiting, that knew not to get too high or too low, that never really took any one game as a referendum, like you said, or, or to be too important? Or was this a team that was just that actually did lack urgency, leadership, et cetera. Um, because honestly, man, it's a rare occasion that we walk in there and they seem too bothered. Um, but maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. It's something
0: we were talking about pregame. Michael Mullen had that quote before the season started. Oh, we're going to treat this as a 110-game. I think it is 110-game yeah. season, not an 82-game regular season. And that was like definitely one of the standout quotes from 80-day. And it's definitely been a theme that we've talked about throughout this entire season. And I think the players definitely have fallen in line with that. Like taking what Malone said there and, you know, being like, all right, no, nope, this isn't about the regular season. Maybe almost more than Malone hoped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. May, maybe. Um, but, and that would be, you know, a reason why they're probably not too caught up in games like this because, you know, in the end the regular season doesn't matter at all for a team like the Nuggets who is going to be in the, in the playoffs. Like, you know, Denver's not missing the postseason this year. Now this game was important from a sense of, you know, you're jockeying for seating right now right. and everyone is valuable. Denver falls a game behind the Clippers with that tiebreaker still up for grabs. And they're only a game and a half up on the Rockets. They're only two and a half games up on the jazz for the five seed. Um, but I still go back to that quote that Michael Malone had in the preseason and being like, that's how this
1: team's operated, you know? Sure, but will they be able to kick it into gear? I mean, do they need to see themselves do it first? That's that's a question I have. But maybe not, man. Maybe not. You definitely don't want to react too much to a loss like this. But, you know, they've been – there's been a, a mood or just something like a cloud kind of hanging over this team since All-Star break. Um and and not, like, guys are upset or guys are angry. It's just there's, like, a lack of that um, infectious kind of fun, you know what I mean, that you feel when when the team's win in the ball is popping. So I think they'll climb their way out of it. But I thought it was interesting tonight Jokic kind of dismissed this defensive stretch post-All-Star break. He's like, I think it's just a bad stretch. It was six games. And then he said, or it's maybe not it's... who we are, or maybe it or is. Or maybe it is. And I kind of... <laughs> I mean, there's something about that that I like because it's like, yeah, we'll find out, you know. But if you want to look at a six-game sample size versus an entire season in which they've shown abilities to play defense um, in spurts, I kind of get what Jokic is saying, you know. Sometimes you just got to ride out bad stretches.
0: Was the Clippers' loss a worse loss just in terms of how the game transpired or was this a worse loss? I think the
1: Clippers' loss is a worse loss.
0: Yeah, Um, just how it
1: went? Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets lost to a worse team tonight, but – it's never a good sign when a team you're kind of pitting yourself against in terms of contender status, tier, whatever, decides that they want to take this game seriously and and you can't or you don't. You know, um, does that mean that the Clippers are a thirty point better team? No, but the Nuggets got punked on a national stage, and you know you've hit on this. Like, do teams like the Clippers fear Denver? I don't think so. And I no, think, they definitely don't. I think it's because games like that.
0: Yeah, so just kind of running down the box score here. We talked about Yoke just night a little bit. Will Barton, 8 of 18 from the floor, 1 of 9 from 3, 18 points, 5 rebounds. I thought he made a, a decent impact at time tonight, but, man, Will Barton does not seem 100% to me. Early in the game, I think it was in the first quarter, he went up for a layup, kind of came down awkwardly, started limping. And you just got to wonder if the load he was carrying – in December and January, and for a lot of February, too, when Denver was without two or three starters, if just that wear and tear is catching up to him, and that's kind of concerning.
1: Right, and that all coming just a season after he missed most of the season with a major injury and a surgery. So I don't think he's healthy. Um, I think he's hurting, and it looks to me like a guy who doesn't have his legs underneath him right now. Yeah. When he was getting nine, ten rebounds in some of those games. He had a couple rebounds where he was soaring. I mean, head above the backboard, and you just you're not really seeing that from Will right now.
0: Paul Millsap returned to the Nuggets starting lineup tonight. He missed that last game with a sprained ankle, but you know played 26 minutes tonight, so it didn't really seem like he was on any restriction or anything. Six and nine from the floor. 9 rebounds, 18 points. Really was, solid game for Millsap. Yeah,
1: he was far from the worst nugget tonight. In yeah. fact, one of the best ones. Just you know, Millsap Millsap is solid in a way that makes kind of raises the floor of a team, but he's never going to win you a game like this, you know.
0: The biggest thing that jumps about up jumps out about Gary Harris's night was no attempts from 3. And no he has been shooting the ball pretty well from distance, so that was surprising. I thought Gary had a pretty nice night on the offensive end of the floor. Did not think he was great defensively. He got backdoored a couple times. Yeah. Just was not his usual, really stout self there. But attacking the rim, I thought he
1: had some nice moments. The only thing though is is no um, no free throws either. So no three, no attempts from deep, no attempts from the line. So. Attacking the rim a little, not enough, right? He did have some strong takes,
0: though. Like, he he had some strong takes into contact that probably could have been whistled for fouls, but just didn't get the call, I thought.
1: Sure, and hit four of his seven shots, but like you said, when, when there's not a big defensive impact, only eight points, no attempts from three, that's just not a positively impactful game, really.
0: The bench had some good moments. Like, the Nuggets bench in that second quarter did a lot of the heavy lifting, and unsurprisingly, it was the Murray-Monte Morris combo that we've talked about has been very successful for Denver. Michael Porter Jr. though, we love to gloat and we love to talk about his big performances. This was not one of those. He did not have a great night. Just one of six from the floor in 13 and a half yep. minutes, three points, two rebounds, one turnover, one of his worst
1: showing in a while. He was really bad, but that, it's also like, what do you do with that? right? He's a rookie. He's going to be bad some nights. And I don't think anyone would change their answer of you still got to play him long term. So Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate, but I think that's just part of the process. Yeah. Just, I didn't like the looks he had tonight. Nope. Um, And he also didn't, there are nights where, okay, he's missing his jump shots or not getting clean looks, but he's manufacturing stuff for himself with offensive rebounds or timely cuts. And tonight it just seemed like he took six jump shots and you know what I mean? He wasn't really involved outside of that.
0: Mason Plumley might have stolen this game ball Ooh. if the Nuggets were going to eke out this game. 16 points, 7 of 8 shooting, and 14 minutes to go with 9 rebounds. He gave Denver some energy. I think Nikola Jokic said he was one of, if not the only guy, who really brought a lot of energy to this game.
1: Five offensive rebounds. Mason was great. Mason was great. And it... it when Mason plays well, he's such an energy guy, and his teammates really seem to cheer hard for him on the end of the bench. He is a guy that actually can get the crowd back into it, right? Mm-hmm. These alley finishes, these blocks, the hustle plays, and he can swing games um, or swing little moments of momentum in quarters in Denver's favor. He almost did that a couple times tonight, and, and yeah, they wasted a good game from Dog. Yeah, so the bench hits some up-and-down
0: moments for sure. Can we talk about Jamal? Not really. Um yeah, really disappointing night from him. 14 points, 3 of 14 from the
1: field. And he went to Twitter to take the blame on this one. He said, yeah, that one's on me. Not good enough on all their ends. We'll be all right, Nuggets fans. Monte Morris already quote tweeted that, by the way, to say, not just you. We all got to be better. Classic Monte. <laughs> Do you yeah. think, like, when somebody tweets, they send it out to everybody, you'd be like, retweet this? Yes, definitely. Yeah, There's, like, a group chat. Yeah, Jamal really wasn't good at all, 0-for-6 from deep tonight, but it sounds like he knows it, and he's been better lately, so don't really want to harp on it too hard, but hey, how do you beat a zone, in Malone's own words, shoot the zone, drive the zone, Murray could do neither tonight?
0: Yeah, it was just a really rough performance that, honestly, you kind of saw coming, Um, but I just really have to keep hammering home that these losses happen, even to the really good teams in the league, and... I don't think it's, like, specifically something to get super concerned about, but just kind of in the grand scheme of things, this team just feels really stale right now. Yep. They feel stale.
1: And uh, But didn't they, you know, last year coming out of the break, Isaiah Thomas comes back, guys get healthy. Denver just kind of stalls out a little bit, feels stale for a little. And yeah. they eventually, you know, found their, found their momentum again. So give them time. They do seem to be stuck in a malaise. But does anyone think the Nuggets are this bad? No.
0: Obviously, not the March Malays.
1: Oh, we like could that. call it. I like that.
0: <laughs> the March Malays. So, we'll get to some questions in one second for DNVR members. Make sure to submit your questions after every podcast, The thednvr.com. Uh, we answer them on every show. So, that's where we pull our questions from uh, for the pod. So, make sure to uh, log on, leave your questions there. But before we get to those, Check out Bojo's if you guys are looking for something to eat. They have a ton of different Colorado locations all across Denver. And right now, DNVR members get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Like I said, six Colorado locations. The offer is good at absolutely all of them. If you don't want to make the trek to one of those, DoorDash delivers Bojo's too. So you can get Bojo's wherever you want, home, office, and you can even go there too. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener. So you can also get gluten-free, cheeseless pizza, that's for Ali Monterey, and plant-based <laughs> options as well. Tremendous salad bar, too. Mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wynn and Brendan Vogt. We are presented by Legal Pete's. Maybe the best part of the game was the perch the perch was popping today lit again matt moore made an appearance (laughs) matt moore made an appearance we were all out there um if you guys haven't stopped to buy the perch and you're out of of the game missing out and like definitely
1: do it before the nuggets nuggets shut us down oh wait just kidding what what perch we have a perch outside of section 127 This
0: question comes in from JB Denver Sports. What's up, man? The Nuggets have shown an ability to grab talent at a value price. MPJ and Bulbul with lower picks. We know they will switch up the roster, some due to some contracts coming off the books. With Malone's history with DeMarcus Cousins and the low-risk, high-reward scenario as he is going to be cheap, do you see a chance they pursue Cousins for a backup center role next year? Can I just jump on the low-risk part of that?
1: Don't agree. Always a big risk If he's just rehabbing the whole year, I guess it's a low risk Also, like, is DeMarcus Cousins going to jail? Did anyone revisit that storyline? I don't think so There was like a trial, right, at the start of the year Look, I don't think Cousins likes Jokic I don't know um, Cousins is like a guy that's going to come in here and love everything the Nuggets are doing Or love this Nuggets culture and um, He's not necessarily going to play well Probably not going to play well. I I don't think that's low risk, even if you're talking about a really, really affordable contract.
0: Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Just don't see the fit on paper. And um, yeah, I just don't see it. Spencer writes in, is there anything legitimate to the Monte MPJ feud? Every time they're on the court together, I swear Monte does everything he can to not pass to him.
1: This is a real fan theory. I've seen this on the timeline and the questions. They really believe this that Monte freezes out MPJ.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Um,
1: I don't think so. But
0: Sometimes you know. MPJ does have a tough time getting the ball. Yep. But I think a lot of it is just because the second-unit offense a lot of times is just a bunch of standing around right? and Monte and Mason Plumlee going into a pick-and-roll. I think just kind of the overall second-unit offense is a result of him sometimes getting freezed out of offensive possessions. Not some uh, mystery
1: feuds that are For going a on. Like conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Monte's not that type of guy. You know what I mean? Like, he just, if a guy's open, I think, and he thinks that guy can hit a shot and he sees him, he's going to pass it. So,
0: to 3000, what was the last time a loss made you throw up in your mouth like this? The Cleveland loss back in January. That was the last time.
1: Honestly, the, the Clippers lost this. the other day. But <laughs> that, that was because I was drunk at the watch party and sad.
0: Let's run down these worst losses at home this year, or just worst losses overall.
1: Yeah, that should be fun.
0: <laughs> this
1: could be a fun exercise. Um, at Detroit in overtime. I don't think that one was bad, and wasn't that like in the middle of the Utah Milwaukee wins?
0: Yes, that was two days after Denver beat Milwaukee with seven players or eight. Yeah, yeah.
1: and they were playing back to backs every other day. Yeah, no, that one's not so bad. I don't think.
0: Yeah uh versus cleveland yes that was a bad one but still the Cavs have way more talent than this warriors team at washington versus new orleans christmas day
1: the new the christmas day ones really but if you remember the contacts all the momentum they had they finally have a christmas game in denver yeah that was such a stinker
0: man at sacramento versus atlanta when trey young dropped what do you drop? 40 like 42 something. and
1: like 11 or something?
0: Yeah. At New Orleans. Those pesky New Orleans Hornets.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Any, any more takeaways uh, from you for this one?
1: I mean, I don't know. I think we hit on it. Is this team going to be able to take and make open shots in the playoffs? Are they going to have more to offer than DHOs? Yeah. Um, you know, it is a macro scale concern. But, again, like – I think all of us media members, fans, we're tasked now with compartmentalizing what we're seeing as part of the bigger picture. And, hey, man, really, really, these losses do happen.
0: So the Nuggets go to Charlotte here. They'll, they'll be flying out tomorrow. They play the Hornets Thursday night. They play at the Cavaliers Saturday. This all of a sudden becomes a scary road trip. Uh, like, so now after dropping this game... I don't know, you're a lot more concerned about these two upcoming games, right? I think you have to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the Hornets are a sneaky, like, they'll play it tough. They'll play competitive. And you already mentioned that Cavs team that's gotten them once. So, And then, obviously, you get the Bucks next week. So, yeah, it's not looking great, man. It's not looking great. Two games on the road against try-hard teams, which the Nuggets seem to struggle with. Yeah,
0: like it's- like, that's the thing. This loss happens to a lot of good teams, but... You know, then you turn around and you've got a two-game road trip. That's why it's important to get these games, specifically at home. Right,
1: right. Like What they say about the team is not a big deal, but we are at the part in the season where like, the one in the loss column matters. So that, that's why it's a huge bummer. And it's tough to understand for sure. The, the most difficult part
0: about playing these sub-500 teams at home on the road, these teams play with nothing to lose. Uh, that that's the mentality that a Golden State has. Like, Golden State's got guys on their roster right now. Juan Toscano Anderson, Michael Mulder. Like These guys are trying to make the league. Right. These guys are trying to earn contracts for next season. And, you know, the Nuggets are sitting here at 41 and 19, pretty much having already clinched a playoff spot, knowing they've got a real tall task ahead of them in the playoffs, knowing that's how their season is going to be judged. And you run into a team like the Warriors who plays with nothing to lose, gets back into the game in the third quarter, and now has a ton of confidence that they can pull something off.
1: Like that's the difficult part about these matchups. So last time we potted, you said, I'm looking at Jokic. And you were talking kind of off the court. I'm looking at Jokic right now on the court. And it's not that he was like bad tonight, but... Your team needs to win in, in good fashion in Charlotte. Like, the ball needs to be popping. Guys need to hit shots. you got to win that game by a significant margin, I think, just to get this train back on the tracks, get the juices flowing. And Jokic is a top seven, top six player in the NBA. So, honestly, man, if he wants to, he should be able to go into Charlotte and make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's uh, a surprisingly
1: pretty important two-game road trip right here. Let me ask you this as we get ready to close the show. How worried are you about sliding not just out of the 2-3, out of the top four? Well, that would be a
0: disaster. That would be an absolute disaster if no the Nuggets doubt. don't have home court advantage in the first round. So
1: I know like mathematically it's super on the table, but just gut feeling, are you worried about that yet?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah. The Nuggets have... I believe, I don't have this up right now, but I believe the toughest remaining schedule out of any of the Western Conference playoff teams. Uh, they have one, if not like the second, they have like the toughest, if not the second toughest schedule remaining out of the Western Conference playoff teams. That combined with this little post-All-Star break funk uh,
1: does make me concerned about their season, yes. Counterpoint, at this point, I think I'd rather see the Nuggets playing a tougher schedule than an easier one if they need wins. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's something I'm worried about, man. you got to stay in this 2-3, at the, you know, and at the very least in the top four.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we'll see what happens later this week. Should be an interesting two games. And then, yeah, the Nuggets are back home for the Milwaukee Bucks three games from now. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Before we get out of here, if you guys are looking for anything that has to do with snowplows, die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses, your one-stop shop is going to be Denver Rubber Company. I have nicknamed Denver Rubber Company, the place that literally has everything. If you're looking for something, odds are Denver Rubber Company has it. Their blades for snowplows can be cut to any length and slotted to meet your exact specifications. They custom make it all. You can purchase products for yourself. You can buy bulk at a fantastic rate. Be sure to call them today for anything that has to do with snowplow needs. I know it hasn't snowed in a couple days. All these media guys from Golden State are coming in. Wow, Denver's so nice. Denver's 60 degrees. I don't think we're done with snow quite yet. I have a feeling snow still could be on the horizon. I feel like it always snows a lot in March. But hit up Denver Rubber Company for anything that has to do with your snow plow needs, 1 800 259 0010, or visit them, drcfirst.com backslash DNVR.